I'm Jonathan Coleman, one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills United Methodist Church. I want to welcome those who are watching online with us. Uh, today, we begin a new series, nine-week series titled Godhead. Boy, that's a, that's a funky word, isn't it? Godhead. Sounds intimidating. Sounds like a heavy metal band or something. Um, but the word is used in the New Testament three times. Um, you can find it in Acts uh, chapter 17, Romans 1, and Colossians 2. It's really a, refer, a reference to the essence of God, God's nature. And in the Bible, how God reveals himself to all creation, and especially to those who are created in his image. And we can experience that essence, that nature. That nature. About 20 years ago, I was a youth pastor in Gallipolis, Ohio, and there was an album that came out, their very first album by Sonic Flood. I'm dating myself here. But they had this song called In the Secret. And I, I remember the, the, the chorus, I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your, you more. I want to touch you. I want to see your face. I want to know you more. And he talks about that in the secret and, and just desiring that revelation, petitioning for that revelation of God. I know here's the other side of it. God wants us to understand his nature. And God uses names and metaphors in order for us to experience so many ways about him and his attributes. As Christians, we believe God ultimately reveals himself uh, as God the Father, the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, the Trinity. And one God, three uh, personifications. How? How do we wrap our brains around that understanding? Uh, and we, and we might try to do the math in our head and say, you know, how can three be one? It doesn't add up. But God can do anything, right? And out, operate outside the dimensions that we experience here. And I, t I taught confirmation, and I would use water um, as an illustration for three and one. And you, uh, some of you folks maybe have heard this one. Um, regular water representing... Uh, God, Father, you know, creation and all that. And then you'd freeze it and get out the solid ice and say, this is Jesus. And then you'd get the steam going and you'd say, this is the Holy Spirit. All of them are H2O, right? Right? Yeah. So three, the essence of three. And so throughout the centuries, Christians have discussed that nature and we have come to understand as Christians the Trinity. And that's how God wants us to see his nature. Jesus said in John 10, 30, the Father and I are one. And then at Pentecost, uh, Christ's own spirit, God's own spirit was released upon all flesh. And so research shows this, that the belief in the Trinity and in a God who is personal and actively involved in your life is essential to helping people take the next step in spiritual maturity and the next step in their relationship with God. So when your view of God expands, it has an enormous impact and provision for the human journey in this world. And so that's what we're going to be looking at uh, throughout this series. And I'm very, very excited about it, this series titled uh, Godhead. And so today we study one of the attributes of God, and we look at God as our provider. What do you, or who, maybe what character do you think of when... 
um, you hear God as provider. Well, Abraham and Isaac give a classic understanding of deep trust that God will provide. We're going to look at that today. First, we find uh, God provider mentioned in Genesis chapter 22. God had promised Abraham and Sarah that they would be parents of a nation. And after waiting many, many, many years, that dream came true and Isaac was born and the family was doing well, life was good, and then comes that chapter 22. And da -da -da -da, you see it here. Let's look at what happens. It begins this way. Sometime later, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. We see these words. are like, what? Are you kidding me? And it's probably one of the most difficult passages that we can see in Scripture. Because is this one of the attributes of God? Well, and Abraham carries out the command. And he's probably going, you know, you just gave me this promised son. Is this nation not going to happen? Are, are you reneging on what you just said? Remember, God took Abraham outside and said, look at the sky. Count the stars indeed if you can, Abraham. So shall your offspring be. And so these words are hard to grapple with. So let's look at verse 3. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and he loaded his donkey. He took with him two servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up, and he saw the place in the distance, and he said to his, his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Notice that Abraham was willing to act in faith even when he did not understand. The bottom line is Abraham was an incredible man of faith, a model of faith for us, and I know for me. Abraham asked no questions. You don't see any shouting or struggle here. He didn't try to reason and argue with God. He didn't try to strike a deal. He didn't even ask for an explanation. Abraham said nothing. He just did. In obedience, the next day Abraham gets up. He heads up to Mount Moriah. And that day was, or that, that journey was probably a good three days. And you know that that is where the city of Jerusalem was going to be built? That's where the temple was going to be built right right there. And it's powerful when we begin to unpack this. Solomon, Chronicles 3, 1 says, and then Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. And so let's look at verse 6. Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to fa uh, Father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide for the burnt offering, my son. And then the two of them went on together. 
You know, we, we aren't told how old Isaac was. You can see in many, many paintings that was, maybe he was just a boy, but if you do the math, some Jewish scholar thinks that Isaac was 37 years old uh, since Sarah died in the next chapter at the age of 127, and she had Isaac at 90. So you're kind of doing the math there. There's a good chance that he was a younger man. And he asked the question of his father, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Where is it, Dad? And Abraham replies, and this is where we're going, God himself will provide. This is a phrase I think that we need to insert in our systems, every systems. God himself will provide. The Hebrew word for it is Jehovah Jireh. It literally means God sees to it. God sees to it. Right here, powerful teaching, God will provide. The essence of the nature of the first expression or revelation is God, then the Godhead is that he is our provider and he will see to it. So maybe that was what Abraham kept saying to himself with each step toward Mount Moriah. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. And maybe this was what carried his steps to that place, Jehovah Jireh. Maybe say it in your brain, God will see to it. I want you to get that. The writer of Hebrews shed some light on this in chapter 11. Look at this. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac a sacrifice, as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice this one and only son, his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Abraham trusted that God would provide the sacrifice. And Abraham was willing to bet Isaac's life on it. And I think we can bet our lives on it, too, that God will provide for us right now. You know, this past Father's Day, uh, my son Benjamin wanted to cook me a steak. And um, he's a great cook, folks. I'm telling you, if he's not going to be an architect, he, he could be a, a fantastic chef. I mean, cooking down at Jeff Ruby's restaurant. And I like steak Oscars. Do you guys know what steak Oscar is? It's a filet, and you put some crab meat over it and some bernays, man, and you get it medium rare, and you have some nice red wine with that. And that's what Benjamin was going to make for me. But here's the thing. He said, uh, Dad, I want to go to Jungle Gyms. Shop for the ingredients to make you your Father's Day present. Can I have your credit card? Uh, it's like, all right, man, here you go. So, and he got another gift. Well, it was really cool. But you see, God's doing the same thing here. Think about it. God gave Abraham the sacrifice to give back to God. God wants to provide. God sees to it constantly. It is in his nature to provide. Jehovah Jireh, get that. God will see to it. God demonstrates his provision first with his promises to provide for creation. We see that. Jesus reminds us that God provides food for the birds of the air. And since the beginning of time, God has placed the renewable resources on this earth to, to sufficiently feed and to clothe and house people and, and animals and 
who have ever lived on the earth, and it's constantly replenishing itself, and it's, a, it's an incredible revelation of Jehovah Jireh. And sometimes I think we forget these details about how God really, really cares for creation. Remember Jesus talking about it in his message on the mount, Matthew 6, 25 and 26. He says, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You see, the birds of the air aren't created an image of God. They aren't God's children, yet God provides for them. He feeds them. God cares about his creation. How much more, Jesus says, does God care about us because we are made in his image? And God hasn't adopted uh, sparrows or pigeon as his children. God's adopted us, and you are his child. And he will provide for you in so, so many ways. How much more, Jesus says, will our heavenly Father provide for you, my friends? And we need to hear that right now in the now. If you're tempted to doubt God's provision, look at how God provides for the rest of creation, my friends. You can be confident that God will provide for you. That's what providence is. We just sang about it. I saw that pop up on the screen. Providence. What a great word. Providence. Maybe you say it, providence. What is it? It is the protective care of God. It's the belief that God guides and directs the universe and all the affairs of everything. Do you believe in the providential care of God? Do you really believe that God guides and directs the universe and the affairs of, of all? Do we trust in God's providence? I think it takes a step of faith to really do that right now and now and what we're experiencing. I read this uh, illustration in, in 1958. I don't know if you know this, but America's first commercial jet air service began with the flight of the Boeing 707. A month after the first flight, a traveler was on a piston-driven uh, propeller-driven DC-6 airliner, and he struck up with a conversation to the gentleman who was sitting next to him. That gentleman happened to be a Boeing engineer. The traveler asked the engineer about this new jet craft. The engineer was wildly enthusiastic about this new and improved way to travel. He began speaking about the length and the extensive testing that Boeing had done on a jet engine before bringing it into commercial service. He recounted Boeing's experience with engines from the B-17 to the B-52. And when he, his traveling companion asked him if he had flown on a new 707 jet airliner, the engineer replied, you know what, I think I'll wait until it's been in service a while before I fly on it. <laughs> right there, boy, that's some lip service. Even enthusiastically talking our friends, my friends about our faith... When we get into the depths of providence, we have to be willing to put our lives where our mouths are. 
especially this time. Like I said, in these times, on the providence of God. Because you know what? I think people are looking for people who do that right now. The question of the day is, how much do you trust God? Jonathan, how much do you trust God? Abraham learned that behind the clouds of his uncertainty, God awaits. He placed his total trust in God, and his trust was not misplaced. My guess is that Abraham was a totally different person when he came off of that mountain. He found out that God was the good, good father. I love singing that. Good, good father, provider, providence. And I know right now there's a lot of people struggling with God's providence. It seems like we're, we start getting hopeful about things, and then bam, there's a setback. There's a spike. There's havoc. I call them COVID curveballs. You know, they just, you're, you're like trying to wait on them patiently and, and dodge them. And these COVID curveballs can tend, tend to test our faith, don't they? And maybe even tempt our belief in God's providence. Maybe especially those who are new to the faith. You know, in this world, we find that the sun, and Jesus talks about this, the sun rises on people who are good and people who are evil. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. But here's the difference about the steps of a Christian. When we walk, when we breathe, we know that we are preserved by a good, good father. We know we are ruled by a God that loves us, and we are his adopted children. And no matter what doubts we endure, what accidents we have, the Lord is with us. And that's what we believe together, corporately. He will get, help us get through it. I believe the world needs some Jehovah Jireh people who will beam with this trust. Are you that kind of Jehovah Jireh person, my provider? Are you? Because people are looking for it. They're looking for it from, from us. And I think we have to lead with that. Paul knew it. Look at Romans 8. He writes this. I am convinced that neither death, death, life nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul knew the provider, Jehovah Jireh, and that nothing can separate us from that provision, from that love, and it is his perfect love that provides for us. And parents, I know you want to love your kids perfectly. Don't you want to do that? And don't you give them every possible resource in order to help them be loved perfectly so that they can be some pretty incredible human beings in this world? This is the same with God unto us, but even in a deeper, deeper way. And God wants us to get that into all the atoms and chemicals that make, us, make, up, make up us. You know, I just think that he, we have to realize he's in our present. He's going to be in our future. He's going to be in the good times and the bad times. And he'll be there when the COVID curveball comes flying at our head. Jehovah Jireh. I want to also look at the fact that God provides for our physical and emotional needs. Listen to the specifics of Matthew 7, 7. 
You guys have probably heard this. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Like Abraham, Jesus is getting into the meat and potatoes of faith and trust. He begins with asking and it will be given. It's not, you got to put aside all magic genie lamps on this one, folks. I want to ask you right now, what do you need? Not need, what do you need right now? Talk to God from here, where the emotion is, where the heart is, where you know what you need. Be specific, please. And if we believe Jesus' word, and we believe that our prayer can be heard, God will hear our deepest need, and God even knows before we even pray what that need is, because God has his eye on us just like he has his eye on the sparrow. And so when you combine those two, you know that that need right there, whatever it is, healing, something that we just have to give up or something that we just have to trust in and maybe take a a step of faith. You know, a few weeks ago, I was sitting in the atrium here and I was waiting for a meeting and I was working on my computer and one of these dear sweet, uh, dear, sweet senior ladies in our congregation came up to me, and she said, um, Pastor Jonathan, I'm in the quilters group. And uh, she goes, I know you're doing these services out in these breweries. And she goes, would you like to take them some quilts? Because during this pandemic, we've made, I think she said like 100 quilts. I guess they've been really rocking and rolling during this pandemic making these quilts. And, you know, my first thought was like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, okay, I want to go down and take a look at these quilts. So I went and I saw all these quilts. You can see it right there. Um, and I took 11 of them, and I'll probably take more because this is what happened. Yesterday we made cards, and we gave them out to some folks there, and especially some of the members of the staff at the Little Miami Brewing Company. There was one young lady named Jenna. She came a couple weeks uh, before, and this was her second time there. Well, she told me that she was going to have a baby this coming Thursday, and she was, you know, round. And uh, um, she's adorable. Um, And I just felt led to give her this quilt, and it was just this really nice pink, soft quilt. And I just was like, this is perfect. And then she received it, and she said, this is perfect. And inside that quilt was sewn this just beautiful message about the love from this church, about the prayer from this church. Just as that quilt was sewn, you know what that really was? It was just evidence of providence, evidence of just the incredible way in which God uses us for that conduit to do these kinds of things. She's going to have that baby at, uh, say a little prayer for Jenna and little, there's a baby girl. And uh, she's going to have a baby on Thursday, and I'm going to probably go visit them, I hope. And then these masks, like Melissa and I were looking at these, the youth, youth masks. I'm like, where did you get these? And we decided just out of the blue, you know what, we're going to provide. We're going to give masks to people 
you know, in the breweries. And I just see the leading in the Spirit of God that the providence, that his provider, Jehovah Jireh, is going through our systems out to others, beaconing that way in which God is involved and has action and is working around us and through us. And are we open to that? We just can't be ones who receive it. We have to be ones who also supply as well. So I'll tell those quilters, you know, maybe there's somebody that we can give quilts to. I know I'm taking them back down to the breweries. See, that's the promise of Jesus. That greatest accomplishment of him is he shows us in our belief that he will provide. And we have to ask and we have to have this holy boldness and then leave the results to him that he's going to do something that we aren't able, but he will do it through us. And God wants to have us to have that simple confidence in faith. God wants us to ask, and I mean ask. Ask for what you deeply, deeply need. The second thing is, is that God provides for our spiritual needs. Not only does God provide for our physical needs, but our spiritual. In, in Peter's second epistle, he writes in verse 3, His divine power has, been given, has given us everything we need for godly living through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. So above all things, Jehovah Jireh wants to provide for the spiritual needs of our lives. God knows the deepening of the spiritual life that he desires to do within us. And that salvation, that wholeness, is what he desires to do first and foremost. Everything we live for, God has given to us for spiritual growth. It's all around us. You know, I'm a Jesus dude. Totally am. I love seeing the things that he does in Scripture. I love trying to practice those practices that he does in Scripture. I want to be like him. And you know what? I truly believe that as we see him in the ministry of his disciples, which, which, which was just like Christ, he can supply everything unto us through his Holy Spirit and his word to be able to live like him confidently and sacrificially. Hear this again. His divine power has been given to us. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us into his glory and goodness. It's all been given to us, folks. Not will be given or may be given. It all will be given. Not after I die and go to heaven. No, now, presently. Everything I need has already been given to me is what Peter writes. God is working to grow and perfect us in love. And God is always doing a good work in us and desires to continue to do that good work in us. And that is provision. Why? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You know, when you look at this table, you know, if you go back to the story of Abraham and Isaac, just before Abraham sacrificed his son, he provided. A rustling was heard. A ram got caught in a thicket. There it was. He provided the sacrifice. He probably yelled, whoa, here it is, my provider. And right there on site, the temple would be built by Solomon. Sacrifices would be made and offered during worship. 
A thousand years later, after the temple was built, Jesus would be sacrificed as the perfect lamb of God and crucified right there. And it seems that Jehovah Jireh not only provided uh, the lamb for Isaac, but he also provided the lamb of God found in Jesus Christ for us. This table is the ultimate table of provision. Just think about that just for a moment. Let that sink in. His body broken, his blood shed, so that our spiritual needs, our very existence, can be brought in the one with him, in the one with this Godhead. 